to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so, large device or small. GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, however you do it on a weekly basis or even on the YouTube channel for those of you watching uh, in the, the video sense this year. Hannah's over there. I'm over here. And it's another round where we have a very, very special guest coming up in just a little bit. We do. The executive director of the GHSA. Dr. Robin Hines is on. We cover a lot of topics with him. Yeah, and it was it's I always like to kick off the season having him as our guest mm-hmm. because when you have all of the things that we went through in 2020 coming into 2021 where you're kind of dealing with some of the, the same things, you wanted to get the administrative perspective and how things are being viewed down there in Thomaston about the season upcoming and all the things that have happened so far and that we may have to tackle between now and December. Of course, and some of the more serious topics we cover is COVID, realignment, but there's some other fun stuff at the end. We talk about flag football, one of my favorite topics. Yep, and uh, getting ready for the 2021 Mm -hmm. season. So we'll get into the interview with Dr. Hines coming up in just a little bit. What else was on your mind before we go? I'm just glad you're back. John is well, back wait, in action. Well, okay, so wait a minute. All right, so uh, for Jahi the Magnificent and Commander Sandy, so it was the cardboard cutout of me in two dimensions that was here last week. It wasn't the same. Just wasn't the same. Wasn't the same having me doing the show from a uh, from a laptop in a parking lot of a restaurant in Fitzgerald when we were taping. Well, that did have its own ambiance and atmosphere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lots but, of nap uh, sound. <laughs> It was a little flat here. Pardon the. Uh, yeah, th- pardon. yes, it was kind of a two. It was a two-dimensional <laughs> show last week. So I, I, I see. I see how Commander Sandy's working that. But uh, no, it was great to go out on the road and great to catch up with uh, twenty-two coaches. It was thirty-two separate interviews. Thirty-two interviews for me to edit, John. Mm. You know it. <laughs> well, but they're not all interviews that you have to edit okay. because some are just Ooh. sound bites for like right. other shows that we do here at, at GPB and right. GPB Sports. So they're not all interviews that you have okay. to edit That's over the top great of. Great news. It's like 28 maybe. I'm so just, you're back. You're yeah. not leaving again. How was your trip? Oh, what did you see? Where did you eat? It was 850 miles wow. in, the, in the, the new van, which is always a good thing when you have a new van and you can christen it appropriately by just running it all around the state. So here, here's the rundown. Let me see if I can, let me see if I can get the rundown complete. Wilcox, Fitzgerald. He has his eyes closed. Well, it's because I'm visualizing the map here in my head. So it was Wilcox, Fitzgerald, Irwin. Uh, met Dole Dean for the first time at nice. TIFF. Uh, ran into Justin Rogers at Colquitt. Went to see Jamie Dubos at Lowndes. Okay. Then uh, did some other media interviews. Crashed two radio shows in Valdosta while they were live on the air. That's always fun. That was it. The look on their faces, it's like when I come storming into the studio with a camera and the lights on and with Wes Nichols, our videographer, it's like make the thing as bright as possible and you come storming into the the station right in the middle of a segment. Completely and totally freaked both of them out. Uh, Then caught up with uh, Shelton Felton at Valdosta. Then day two was the Wiregrass where it was Lanier, Clinch, Coffee, Atkinson, Pierce got to see the new weight room at Pierce, the state champs in Blackshear, and Saw Coach Herring. Coach Herring's ring is large. That is a large championship ring that he's got. That weight room looks awesome. Then uh, we'll see from Pierce. We went to Charlton. Charlton went to Camden. Camden went to Glen Academy. Glen Academy went to Brunswick. 
did some interviews uh, at the other end there for our friends at ESPN Coastal. Then day three was uh, Jessup, where it was Wayne County, then went to Vidalia, went to Dublin, did some more interviews in between. Shamrock Bowl? Yeah, the Shamrock Bowl, newly renovated, almost completed. Very, very pretty, very, very cool looking. Have some pictures of that too. Then finished up in Sandersville. And that's an interesting story where they have a, a lineman, 6'7", 295 pounds, in his first year Ooh. of organized football. He was a basketball guy. In his first full year of organized football, literally went to spring camps. And it's like, okay, do this in a drill. Had no real knowledge <laughs> of being an offensive Stand lineman. Here, do this. And he did it, and he blew the camp up. Amazing. And so he's top 50 in the state, according to Rivals 24-7, already has an offer from the school in South Florida that wears orange and green that I can't recognize by name. Can you s- mean orange and blue? No, no, no. The, oh. the, the other one further south. Oh, okay. That one. Got it. Uh, the, the, Got the same rivalry. That, that rhymes there. with? Flyammy. <laughs> I was trying to think of something. Yeah, it rhymes with Flyammy. Yeah, so he's already, yeah, Manny Diaz absolutely loved this kid, and it's a great story, and we're going to do more with it, but we have the initial Fly parts. Emmy. Oh, yeah, man. so that's that was uh, Southern Swing. Anywhere um, good to eat? Where was your favorite spot to eat? Oh, wow, where did we eat? It's lunchtime here, so. Oh, well, it was actually, it was probably in the car. I think Wes ate more than I did because I was working the entire time. You called in last Monday from the... The Zaxby's parking lot. You had to have gotten something better than Zaxby's. No, I didn't. I was I was working. Wes Wes got to go eat. I didn't eat because I was working. That's disappointing. I was working. All right, Zaxby's it is. Yeah, so that's pretty much how it was. It was fast food. It was fast food du jour pretty much to get through. Didn't have quite the time to do the local haunts like when we were in Cochrane to catch up with Bleckley County for Central Swing. Those kinds of things didn't happen. Nice. Well, I look forward to. Getting to all those I interviews. I look forward to editing all those <laughs> interviews, John. Thanks. We will get all, if, if any of your schools, any of you listeners, any of your teams were just mentioned, we'll get these interviews out on all of our social media platforms and on the YouTubes and and we'll have it we'll have it ready before our season kicks off September 10th for you guys to watch and, and preview the season. Absolutely true. And apparently for the second week in a row, you're not supposed to be a number one team. Yes, that could not be Don't more Don't be a true. number one team. Week number two is in the books. Three more number one teams fall. We'll start with 7A. Why not? We'll start from the top. Milton. Oh, yeah. Lost to North Cobb 40 to 21. Which means that obviously a lot, of folks, yeah, a lot of folks are looking at North Cobb as a top three team. And this definitely solidified it. Go ahead and hit the next one. Well, the Eagles are the first number one ranked team that the Warriors have beaten since 1959. So yeah. I just want to rub it in a little bit more. Yeah, there you go. Okay, now now we can move on. Go, go to the next team. All right, 5A. Yeah. BT. Okay, so from now on, <laughs> from now on. We don't listen to Coach Chadwick well, no, we do. ever again. We do, but fully understand that, I mean, for win number 400, mm-hmm. for Alan Chadwick, I mean, when we talk to Coach Chadwick, and I, I love Alan, I love Coach. I mean, that that is, and you've interviewed him before, and every time he sees me walking up to him with a microphone, he's like, oh, not you again. <laughs> but he does that jokingly. But, I mean, just the fact that, you know, he, we figured it might take a little while for Marist with all the graduations and things like that. We to, didn't speculate. Coach song. Chadwick also told me it was going to take six to eight games to get win number 400. Uh-huh. It took one. 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 <laughs> one. One. One win to get 400. So congratulations to Alan Chadwick for win 400, knocking off BT to do it. 
once again, BT, first-year coach. Took a little while to get mm-hmm. to, to full song, and, may, and BT will be a part of the discussion late in the year, obviously. But seriously, <laughs> Alan Shadwick, congratulations on win number 400. Great work. And now now the next one, once again, Larry Campbell. How, how close do we get to Larry Campbell? That's yeah. the question. Uh, 28-13, final score in that one if you did not watch. Double A, you were at this one, Fitzgerald yes, versus Irwin. And I what happened? I don't, and what I don't happened? know. I don't know if this is really an upset, though. I yeah. mean, it's a number one that gets knocked off, but when you OT. have... When you have a, a border war like this, and mm-hmm. it's it's literally it's 10, 10 minutes between schools and a county line, mm-hmm. and three hundred and sixty four days out of the year, I mean, you have folks who live in one town, work in the other, work in Osceola, live in Fitzgerald, you know, live in Fitzgerald, work in Osceola, whatever, whatever the the dynamic is. Mm-hmm. But that day, you cannot get a ticket to this game if it's at JC Stadium in Fitzgerald, or if it's at Buddy Noble Stadium like it was in Osceola this time. You can't get a ticket, and we were there, and it was it was great football. And Irwin County had their chances, and I'm sure that uh, any Irwin County fan will tell you this. Casey Soliday, the head coach, will tell you this. They just didn't uh, have the – they didn't finish their chances when they had them. There were two big turnovers. One, as they were up 15-7 late fourth quarter, their freshman running back can keep an eye on that freshman running back, especially if he's already being compared to D.J. Lundy fumbles inside the 20-yard line of Fitzgerald. And so Fitzgerald comes storming down the other way, scores with about 30 seconds to go, I think. And then uh, you get the -the over-the-shoulder reverse flip pop pass (laughs) thing into the end zone for the two-point conversion. And so it was 15-15, and it goes to overtime. And then uh, right there it was was a missed fourth-down conversion for Irwin in the top of the first overtime and a field goal in the bottom of the first overtime. First time that these two schools, according to Todd Holcomb, ever have played overtime in this rivalry, 18-15, your final. And I'm just going to go ahead and say it right now. I'm really not going to drop either team that much in the GPB top tens because of a rivalry game with two separate classes and a great ball game. So I don't think I'm going to be dropping both of those. I'm not going to be dropping Irwin County a whole lot. John was the local celebrity kissing babies and signing books in Irwin County on Friday it was night. Great. It was great to see everybody. Uh, Noble strong. My book. wife, my wife Patty, and I got to sit with Tammy Nobles, mm-hmm. and it was good to catch up with her. And it was good to see everybody down there. And uh, it was on the Irwin County uh, radio halftime show to talk about the 2019 season and the book and all that kind of stuff. So now it was it was fun to get down there and. Uh, on a Friday night where neither of us had anything going on. It was probably one of the more obscure date night locations you probably could ever think of. It's like, well, so, oh, so date night on a Friday, where are you going? <laughs> going to a high school football game in Osceola, Georgia. I don't know if that necessarily has ever really come up in a lot of conversations before. Patty's a lucky woman. Uh, I need I'm, you I'm, to I'm sign lucky. my book, by the way. Well, yeah, I do. And uh, But uh, from my travels, I also have something for you to, to that I'm going to give you later in the show. Ooh. Yeah. That's a nice teaser. I'm excited. Uh-huh. It is. A couple more games to touch on. Colquitt. Yes. Lost to Westlake 31 to 24. What? It's a young team. I mean, uh. in the in the interview with Justin Rogers mm. that you will be uh, ingesting and editing soon, you'll Great. you'll you'll see uh, Justin talking about it. They're a young team, and we've had him on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. He talked about it then. Yeah. So he, he's got a young team, and it's going to take a while. They'll be a part of the discussion, and uh, Dr. Hines. Still tough to go into no, no Packer territory. No, no question. And I think this speaks a lot to Westlake out. and what Bobby yeah. May has been doing the last couple of years, too. And, you know, like I said, Dr. Hines will talk about it a little later on in the mm-hmm. show. But it's another one of those games that stands out. When you go to the hog pen and you're the visiting team, you come out of there with a win, you've really done something. One last one. Mm-hmm. This is for Sandy Sandy. Uh-huh. Decatur, big W. Uh-huh. 
Yes. Knocked off the Wesleyan Wolves. Yes, yes. How about that? And uh, what's the stat on that, John? First time. All right. So hang on. Let me find the stat once again. This is this is courtesy once again of uh, of Todd Holcomb and the Georgia High School Football Daily. I want to get this right. I'll stay away from Lakeside or Lassiter. Oh, I know. No, our our win streak ended (laughs) at one, and it was not pretty. Uh, let's see. In the worth noting section, ended on Decatur ended an 11-game losing streak against private schools with a 13-6 win over Wesley and an eight-point favorite. The Bulldogs last beat a private school on October 11, 2013, 31-28 double overtime win against Blessed Trinity. So that is uh, that's the big win for Commander Sandy. I think we lost to Miller Grove 47 nothing Lakeside DeKalb. I know that that's I think that was what we did. So you're one and one. Lassiter 0 and two lost to Lambert 54 to 21. See, uh, she's got a case of the giggles. We're just looking at her own oh, final hurts. score. Yeah. That hurts. All right, so you want to toss to the interview? Well, I asked the first question, so you toss. Oh, well, then I guess I have to toss to it. All right, it's that time for our special guest this week here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Time to catch up with the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, Dr. Robin Hines, on a variety of topics. Here we go. All right, let's start with some of the more serious stuff. What were your biggest takeaways from last year trying to navigate sports through an unprecedented pandemic? Gosh, it, it was, you know, it certainly consumed all of us, especially because we'd never been there before. You know, it's like the, you know, all the old adages say you're trying to build the airplane while you're flying it, you know, so that, that's kind of where it was. This year is a little bit different in that we've kind of been there and we've done that and, uh, you know, the, uh, you know, still con, uh, continuing to uh, meet with our sports medicine folks and, you know, our doctors and that sort of thing as we go through. So, uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite a challenge last year, but we certainly made it through uh, going well. And and despite some bumps in the road, we're heading there again this year, you know, so, uh, you know, feel good about things right now. But we'll continue to keep a close eye on it. And uh, what the GHSA is doing, in addition to with uh, the the counsel that you re- regularly receive, is you're, you're leaving a lot of the decisions up to each locality because they're the ones who are more familiar with their own situations. There's not an overarching mandate. While you are keeping an eye on things, all of the localities in each individual school and school system are the ones that are deciding their final fates, true? Oh, there's no question about that, and and just you know, I believe for a long time, and our organization does that. Uh, local decisions are typically the best decisions. You know, for for instance, what's what's happening in the uh, you know in northwest Georgia may not be the same thing that's happening in in southeast Georgia, for instance, and uh, and the way our state is set up, you know, each department of health at each individual. Uh, locations certainly you know that they're autonomous you know as far as that goes and so what we do is you know the the recommendations and the the things that we've given out you know throughout the year last year they're still in place uh you know we had you know we had a light uh flu season for instance because we were doing those things like using hand sanitizers maintaining socially uh distance when we possibly can you know those sorts of things they hold true today you know as well you know as we're going forward but but yes the the local districts the local departments of health you know they they can are working with our uh, local school districts and local boards and administrations to make sure they're doing the right thing for their community with the covid delta variant surging there were almost 30 football games canceled postponed or forfeited for last week what's that monitoring policy like and and what are the rules on game cancellations and forfeits 
Well, we're we're certainly looking at that, and and of those games, I mean, you know, we're still considerably less than ten uh, percent, you know, as far as cancellations are concerned. And many of those have, uh, you know, already found games, you know, and and you know they absolve the contract and move on. Uh, as far as the forfeitures are concerned, you know, if the way that it works, it's really not different than last year. It's just that if a school can't agree. Uh, if 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 one questions another as far as like a, a a COVID postponement or cancellation and that sort of thing, we will step in and and look at the information and make sure that they're following the local uh, Department of Health's uh, procedures and protocols and those sorts of things. And we're doing everything that we can do so there's no financial issues that are with the school. But you do have to account for that game, and certainly those. Uh, regions have already discussed this and, and about how it's going to work because as you may or, or may not know the the regions themselves uh determine who their playoff participants are you know and and really it, it the criteria changes from region to region in a lot of cases so you know what the Georgia High School Association waits for is who are the four teams that are going to represent that region when the playoffs and those are plugged into the brackets as moving forward. One of the other hot button issues com- uh, coming across recently was realignment. And if I'm not mistaken, that was uh, the meeting was last week. And uh, one of Dr. Dr. Miller's ideas had to do with the, the private schools and kind of putting them off into their own category, at least the, the nine most successful off into their own category. And then there were other ideas brought forth. I want to say Tim Hardy from Greater Atlanta Christian had brought forth another idea and these kinds of things. Where is realignment right now? What are the discussions? What's the update? And then obviously a lot of folks who are tied to the private schools are wondering the next steps there. What are the next steps here in discussing the private issue when it comes to realignment? Well, the first thing is, is the meeting that was held the other day was just to get the ball rolling, get the conversation started. Uh, I don't think that it's any secret to anybody out there of the unprecedented success of our uh, private members, you know, as, as we're moving forward and, and, and uh, you know, what the public school folks are saying that, you know, it's, it's disheartening when, when they know that they don't stand a chance and, you know, those sorts of things. Right. Whatever it is, there, there must be some type of advantage there, you know, whatever it may be difficult to quantify, but the, you know, when you have two schools in, in AA, for instance, that account for, you know, well over 10 state championships in one year and uh, and runners up in about 10 or 11 others, you know, that's it's very, it's, it's, it's tough, you right. know, so so what the what the reclass committee one of the things that they will that w- they will discuss and try to get to is is how do you level the playing field you know what's that going to entail and and our private members you know they recognize the problem as well and you you talked about coach Hardy from Greater Atlanta with uh, something that that he's brought up to talk about addresses those things as well so uh, we'll just see, you know, the, the staff, myself, the GHSA office, you know, we don't, we don't have a vote or anything. We certainly value all of our members, but, but I expect that to be probably the focus of this cycle, yeah. you know, for sure, for sure going forward. So you have schools like GAC that are vocal that they don't want their own championship division. So if that doesn't pass, 
does something need to be done about private school dominance? What are your thoughts on that? Well, uh, you know, I, I, my thoughts don't count. You know, that's <laughs> that's one thing, you know, for sure. But 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 I can certainly uh, see that there is an issue and a problem, and there and there could be a place for some type of. Uh, some type of method to where uh, we can address competitive balance. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year they did a multiplier or two, and, and, and that was applied to everybody, not just the private schools and that sort of thing. And and obviously it didn't work because, the you know, the private school dominance probably was more pronounced uh, this past year than maybe before. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll just see what happens, and, you know, once they begin to – to meet and, and we get things rolling. Uh, I believe uh, in a couple of days there will be some pro, uh, some proposals that will come in that will be discussed at the uh, October executive committee meeting, and we'll see where it goes from there. And you know we're just waiting on the numbers to come in, and the, the private schools on the 15th of September will send their head counts and their number of out of district students. And then, of course, the FTE count the first Tuesday in October uh, will occur in our public schools. And then between then and when the numbers come in, you know, they will be uh, uh, turn in their out-of-district numbers as well. And then we'll get the numbers and begin to put together uh, whatever it is that the reclassification decides to do. That's how it works. And and the the state office, you know, that's us, you know, we'll put together the first crack and and give it to the uh, reclass committee for them to tweak as they see fit. Then let me ask you this, and this is something that I've, you know, since I've covered high school sports for the last 275 years. Yeah, at least that many. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me ask you this, and this is something that has to do specifically with, with postseasons, and, and I guess this is where I look at it the most. Do we have too many A's right now? Because, you know, when you look in the postseason, just say football as an example, you'll have schools that will be making it in as a four seed in their region. They're two and eight, three and seven, four and six or what have you. And then you have those matchups with ones and fours. And you can you can tell that the competitive balance isn't there. I, I, you know, I've looked at this over the last probably decade or so. And you see these matchups in the playoffs. And personally, I think we might have maybe one too many A's. Do we have too many A's when it comes to classifications right now? Well, that's certainly an opinion. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely just something that I've seen over the years. And I'm like, do we have that? Do we have too many? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I, I don't think it's any secret that that I've tried to to, to drop some of those A's. <laughs> you know, I feel like I feel like six is is could be an appropriate number, yeah. you know, as, as we move. But, but uh, again, you know, our committee and our board of trustees, uh, they have not shared that view. Right. And, and they're the ones that count. They have the votes on that. And, and you know, why is it that way? You know, the majority of people there, just because of, you know, population and where the representation is, you know, most of the people there don't have a problem with travel because there's a school on every corner, right. you know, the the problem comes when you get into the middle in South Georgia and, and you, you get into like region one, seven, eight, right. you know, where there's four people in there and there and four teams and they're traveling crazy. It happens in middle Georgia, you know, as well. So, uh, you know, we, we find a way to make it work and, and, and 
course, you know, you bring up the competitive balance thing in the first round. Certainly that is the case. And, uh, you know, I don't think that it's it's really been a financial boon for everybody with having the the, the uh, non-competitive first rounds and that sort of thing. But but that's kind of where we are. And, and, and I tried to uh, – I asked ahead of time, was this something that would be considered, you know, moving forward? And the answer was no. So – so we're just it's going to look a lot like what it what it is for this particular cycle. So eight you know, the, the A's. Diff- <laughs> well, so what? Eight A's, right? Well, Including single A public and private. Well, eight championships with seven yeah. A's. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you want to put it like that, yeah, there is. So, uh, but you know, it's it's going to be successful. We're going to have championships, and we're going to feel good about it. And it's another opportunity for another group of young people. So. Uh, certainly positive from that standpoint. So eight championship games, got through them pretty good last year without any, well, that we know of, any huge COVID issues. And mm-hmm. there was fans in the stands. Were there fans in the stands oh, last yeah. year? Oh, yeah, yeah, fans yep. in the stands. Absolutely. Uh, was there social distance last year? What, what's the plan for the championships this year, taking a look last year at how successful everything went? It's going to be the same way, and, and, you know, while we haven't gotten into those discussions, you know, we do have a contract with Georgia State and Center Park Stadium, and, and you know, we asked them to, to, uh, to open the upper bowl so that people that wanted to socially distance certainly can do that, and there's plenty of room in which to do that, and I'm sure we're going down that road again. Uh, but, you know, we, 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 we don't want to get into a situation like we had last year where there were several rounds of the playoffs where there were systems that don't allow any fans, right. you know, spectators and that sort of thing. That's so, the whole point. You know, where, where we are right now is, is, is that we're going we're gonna to be 100%, you know, as far as spectators are concerned. And certainly want to encourage people to be vaccinated. Yeah. You know, that's the – that's the, the, the million-dollar deal right there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, not going to give the name of the community, but uh, I was looking at some stats to where there were 120 people that were hospitalized over the weekend, and uh, 118 of them uh, were not vaccinated. Right. So, so I'm just wow. just saying that there is an, there is an option there for, for people to do. And, and as we talked about last year, you know, people have – decisions that they need to make you know do i do i want to participate do i want to be a spectator do i want my uh child to participate you know clearly uh you know participation is not down and and we're moving forward and our plan is to be a hundred percent you know once the playoffs start but as i've said from the very beginning the situation uh remains fluid and we will take a look at things as we move forward and continue to meet with our sports medicine people Dr. Robin Hines, the executive director of the Georgia High School Association, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Hannah's over there. I'm over here. And one of the things about championship weekend last year that I thought was really cool and I've been getting a lot of feedback on, and Hannah's been getting a lot Mm -hmm. of feedback on it too, was flag football. And there were folks that would reach out to us on social media, and they would sit there and say, flag football is the, the TV sports addiction I didn't know that I had until I started watching it on television. And I think we're adding another flag football championship game to championship weekend this year. What's been the response to flag football across the board? Hey, John, it's been overwhelming. You know that. And, uh, and I will tell you this, that uh, I had comments on the girls' broadcast uh, championship games 
probably three to one over eleven <laughs> man football. People people were excited, you know, about that and, and, and all and we were excited too. You know, we've we've taken our time and, and we're 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 grateful for the Falcons and, and their support and sponsorship of you know, the driving force behind this. It's opened up a great avenue for our young ladies to to compete and compete they do. I mean, they are aggressive and get after it and you know, they're well coached. Our guys are doing a great job. And, you know, what happened last year is is our uh, participation for schools was cut in half because, you know, we had in, sent the intent, and then all of a sudden COVID mm-hmm. hit, and about half of those decided that they would wait and see how things went and, you know, didn't not even knowing if we were going to have a season, if you can remember, yeah. you know, back then. Well, so we had about 100 teams. We had two divisions and had – two state, uh, state championships, and it was really good. Well, when we did the intent to participate coming up for this year, that number doubled. <laughs> so, so, so we are at about 200 teams, which made us open up another uh, classification for those girls. Again, you're looking at populations and competitive balance and that sort of thing. So so we're excited. I mean, we're, we're just really excited about what the uh, – young ladies have done and what the schools have done in supporting that. So, so we're looking forward to it. Sure I was all. never, I was never allowed to play in high school at Lassiter cause we were, I was on a state championship volleyball team. So my coach was like, no, you're not getting out there and doing flag football. Well, and the cool thing about it last year was that in the, you had Calvary day and you had portal and for a community like portal to make it to a championship game. I mean, it's, it's, it was tremendous for them and you could see how, they were supportive. And then you had the, the Metro Atlanta schools, obviously. I think we had the one game go to overtime, I think, that mm-hmm. was – so you had free oh, yeah. you had free flag football. Oh, yeah. Say that ten times fast. <laughs> but, 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 but you had that, that representation that we have across the, the other classifications for the, for the football championships, and you had the same thing there for flag football where you get to see a small town like Portal make it to the last game of the year and chase after a championship, and I thought that was really cool. Listen, they were so excited as well. as you know, They invited me to – go speak at their banquet, oh, nice. you know, their flag football banquet. And and I learned a couple things. I learned that it is a long way to portal that is from true. Thomaston, Georgia. <laughs> Absolutely true. <laughs> but but I you know, I, I was given a, a lesson in the culture of their community and their school and what a wonderful place it is and, and the excitement that girls flag football had uh, given to the entire school and the entire community and I mean, boy, I'll tell you what, that was one of the best things I did all year long is go down there and see those folks because just, you know, just to see that, it just shows you why it is that we do what we do. And uh, it was just just an awesome experience. And those girls did a great job. And I'm going to tell you what, their coach does a great job too. He, I guarantee you he's working today figuring <laughs> out how to do things better. I can promise you that. We're going to have to add more days to the championships if we have more flag football hey bring it if we do we will (laughs) yeah we'll make it a whole week well let's talk a little 11 man football then three more number one teams lost this week milton bt Irwin also got knocked off what are your thoughts on the season and and there's going to be some big shakeups it looks like leading up to the championships We've got a long, long way to go, and uh, spoken and, like a coach. <laughs> well, we do. I mean, we we absolutely do, absolutely. and 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 I don't know what's. I'm you know I'm I'm just trying to you know 
get my sea legs going and, and getting used to going and traveling and, and seeing all these games. I've seen some good ones so far, and there's going to be more that are there. But it's, it's just like it always does, it will shake out. Uh, you know, you said Milton lost and, you know, that sort of thing, but but don't count them out, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. you know, either. You know, that they will be back. I mean, they have a great community and a great coaching staff, and, you know, they're going to they're gonna do a super job. You know, I thought it was uh, a big step for Westlake this year to yep. go into a Colquitt County, no a hostile Colquitt County, and to win a game. Now, now Westlake has been been getting better and better over the over the past several years, and they've done a good job. But but man, I'm telling you what, they look good on the hoof, and they play well, and they're coached well, and they're disciplined, and you just don't go into to. to Mac Tharp Stadium mm-hmm. down in Colquitt County and, and 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 get a win very often. So, so I'm real proud of what they're doing over there. And and of course, you know, once again, don't ever count a Colquitt County out either. No. You know, they're 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 going to be this a little bit too early for all that stuff. But but you know, we're going to have a great year. We're going to get through. We're going to get to the championships. We're going to play at the appropriate time, not after Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which I'm, I'm really that. excited about because I'm telling you, Hannah and John, uh, we here in the office, we had a break yet. Wow. <laughs> you know, we're, I mean, how how long does it go? Which which is okay. We're going to do whatever we have to do to make sure that we provide for our uh, student athletes and all. But but we're looking forward to having a regular calendar. You know, we've said that again and again, and as we move forward, and we think it's going to help with attendance and all those things as well. So so it, it's going to be a great year, and and all signs are saying that that's what it's going to be. One more question before you go, and thanks for hanging out with us, especially as we've started the season off. When the state of Georgia is, depending on the algorithm that you look at, the number three state in the country for talent, what has it been like for you as the executive director of the Georgia High School Association to see Georgia high school athletics, Georgia high school football, specifically since we're in football season, be recognized nationally the way that it is for the talent that we see across the board every year? Yeah, I, I think it's always been that case, uh, really. Uh, but, you know, you, if you go and look like, you know, when I get with my uh, other executive directors from around the country, you know, these are the kind of things that we talk about. You know, we try to brag on our states a little bit, but you know, I talked with Charles Bright up from Texas mm-hmm. and all the time. And he will quickly tell you, if you look per capita, Georgia's number one, no matter how you slice it. There you go. And 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 I and I believe that. You know, we we are a large state. We're certainly a transient state and that sort of thing. But we don't have the people that Texas and the California and, and New York, for instance, have. But we continue to produce that type of talent. And then you go, why is it? It's because we're blessed with great coaches, we've got the best coaches that you're going to find anywhere. And, and, you know, they know what they're doing. And, uh, the, the only difference, you know, that I see in coaching from Friday nights to Saturdays and Sundays are just the, 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 the size and speed of the people that are, that are playing. And, uh, you know, because those coaches do a great job and they would be successful at any level. And, and I couldn't be more proud, uh, you know, as we, get into this season and the rest of them. But, you know, it's not just football. Look at basketball. Right. We're a sneaky good basketball state. Mm-hmm. We're producing tons of talent that, that, that are out there. And, and once again, it's just because of the, the coaches do such a good job and, 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 and the kids are hungry. So, 
get that combination, and, and uh, you know, we feel pretty good about where we're sitting here in Georgia. Well, Dr. Hines, as always, it's great to catch up with you at the beginning of football season. It's great to catch up with you whenever we can. I know that your schedule is incredibly busy, but the idea we can kind of pull back the curtain, get the kickoff going, get your thoughts on where things stand as we get ready for another great season of high school football here in the state of Georgia. Thanks for hanging out with me and Hannah here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll see you soon. The pleasure is all mine. Y'all have a great day. Always great to catch up with Dr. Robin Hines. Yep. He had some really informative things to say. And and looking forward, I think we're all looking forward to a safe and healthy season as it progresses. Yeah, yep. and we'll be catching up with uh, Dr. Hines and keeping an eye on things down there in the, the state office down there in Thomaston as we go. Okay, so I, I, I promised okay. that uh, from my travels, I have something for Hannah. And it is courtesy of our dragon-based friends okay. in Jefferson. So... While you are hanging out. So you need a drum roll? Well, we, yeah, sure, why not? So, all right. So here. Jahi, insert drum roll there. There we go. So this. What is it? I'm showing the audience first and foremost. Yes. This, this you get to add to your stack. This is amazing. A, Jefferson Dragons t-shirt. Yes. Football on the front. Uh-huh. Solid on the back. Yeah. This is awesome. This so, is soft. Yeah. And Thank so, you, John. You brought me one last year, too. Yeah, see? From the travels. And so now you get to add that to your stack. XL will fit over fit over the babies. That was kind of the, that was the plan. <laughs> Thank that you, was John. that was kind of the the foresight here. Is I was trying to think of something that would that would add to the stacks that you could wear around the house that uh, that dogs and youngins mm-hmm. could could help you with. This is T-shirt number three for me from you. Well, I appreciate it. See now, if you got to the point to, with all the hats that I have, I have like four hundred and fifty of them. So I can I can get you moving in that direction too if you want. But your husband John might have issues with that. You yeah. may not have room in the house. He he has this rule where if he gets a new hat, he has to throw one out or, oh, or see, donate. He's no. too many hats, no, John. No such thing. Oh, my gosh. No you such should th- see hundreds of hats. You you know how it is in my office. I, I have 275 have, hanging on a train We don't track. have that space. Then he doesn't have create, his own office. You need to create. Okay, we'll just move so he can have his own room for his hats. There you go. Perfect. Yeah, just put a train track in like like we have in my office where you can where you can have like 275 and rotate them out as much as you want. Well, you know, then we had to we had to his storage room had to be converted to a nursery. So Whoa. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for him Whoa. and all the males out there. You know, we went from dark gray extra spare bedroom well to white. It's it's white now, but uh-huh. it is it is going to be a, a girl's nursery. So I'm sorry we don't have the room. All right. So what's on what's on your mind before we go? Um, let's take a look at, at what we've got coming up. Recruiting 2021 show, number three of the season. Uh-huh. If you missed last week's show, it is out on gpp.org slash sports. We also put the link up on social media. My interview is Buford Senior Safety Wide Receiver, Jake Pope. Jake Pope. And this week, I'm interviewing GAC offensive lineman Addison Nichols. Looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are your thoughts on recruiting 2021 so far? It's been fun, and business is picking up. And you're seeing a lot of folks lining themselves up with schools. But as I always maintain, this is when recruiting starts for individuals. When mm-hmm. an individual says, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to this school, that's when the recruiting of that athlete yeah. actually starts. And that, to me, is the, the big thing in all of this. And you know, who stays, who flips, who's going where, who's going to be rising through the ranks. That, to me, is the, the, the biggest issue in all of this. Do any of the big names, Travis Hunter, uh, change where, where they're going? Because right now, Travis Hunter, top name in the country mm-hmm. for the senior class, right now he's scheduled for Florida State. 
and with uh, Alabama calling. Prob- no way. Exactly. No way. I, I will be shocked. Shocked. I would be pleasantly shocked and surprised if he sticks with Florida State as the Florida State alum on this show. But I think that other schools will come calling. That's just me. Almost as shocking as what's his name from last year? Not sticking with USC. Oh, oh Jake Garcia. <laughs> Anywho, <laughs> so that, uh, that'll that be digital till September 10th, where yep. it will air at 7, and our broadcast will be 7.30. We're still hanging on to our game of the week. We have not announced it yet. Look for that on social media. Counting on to kickoff. All of our usuals are there Thursdays mm-hmm. at noon on GBB Sports Facebook Live. Come be a part of the conversation. What's we chat for with, lunch? Yeah, what's for lunch? Join us in the uh, Facebook comment section. That show has gotten out of control. John ended up doing 20 push-ups because he lost... His, it's not a bet. See, but uh, the thing is, I went back and watched. I went back and watched the show. You said the word. I said the word fancy. I did not say fancy TV graphic. I said the word fancy, and they rounded off and said you violated it, so you have to do push-ups. Yes, you violated violated the the rules. rules. I violated the rules of what you couldn't say. And so by saying one word yes, out of fancy TV I'm adding graphic, that to the rule. By 25% violation of the rule. <laughs> it's more than that. It's like 33% at least. Fancy TV graphic time, four. I said matter. one of the four words. I sh- So really, I should have only done two and a half push-ups. You did. I did 20. You attempted to do 20, I'd but it was more like find tw- five real So I did ones. like 20 halves. So that's 10 full. Ooh, so funny. John can't say a specific word on the show. When he says it, he has to do push-ups. Oh, and by the way, yeah, because it I wasn't. Yeah, say, it's only you, yeah, John. I'm the one that can't say the word. This so, has nothing to do uh, with oh, me. By the way, probably, and uh, just so everybody here knows, mm-hmm. so King James knows, so Jahi the Magnificent knows, so Commander Sandy knows, and so you know, my wife, the boss, has a suggestion for Ooh, you okay. as a rule violation. Okay. For the show, for Countdown to Kickoff. Okay, what, so, what is it? I, I don't know. She doesn't want to tell me. She has to tell somebody. See, that's the thing. It's like, I said, tell Hannah. So let them figure it out. He, she has an idea. Yeah, text, text her. Text her and find out what she has in mind. Okay. So I have to do something else. And I mean, she had the word and she had the punishment. She had it all meted yes. out. Yes, okay, we need that for Thursday. Yeah, so text okay. her and find out what it is. This is what I'm dealing with here on Countdown to Kickoff. That's amazing. Guys, don't miss it. Podcast is weekly. Thanks to all of our listeners. Awesome numbers this year. We love talking to y'all each and every week. Um, And then finally, blogs. What are you writing about this week? I have a couple of ideas, and it might be having to do with one of the topics that we were talking with uh, Dr. Hines about in dealing with life in the time of COVID, Mm -hmm. where literally during Southern Swing, we drive up to Washington County High School in Sandersville just as head coach Joel Ingram is having his team meeting telling them that they're not playing Baldwin. Ooh. And so That's a good one. and so I had a conversation with Joel about it and Joel talked about what it's like being a, a head coach right now dealing with COVID-19 and all the other things that are dealing with it but no it was a it was a it was an in, it was an interesting dynamic and in the timing you know being there as he was delivering the news to his team and telling his team you know, to be careful and all these other kinds of messages. It was a real interesting conversation uh, coming up right there at practice, roll right up. One of his assistants comes right out the door and he looks at us and he just holds up one finger and goes, hang on a minute. And so the assistant goes back inside as, he, as Joel's talking to the players. Joel comes back outside. And so Joel, as he's talked to him initially, comes back out to the van and he says, man, I completely forgot I have been 
busier than you know what today. So hang on just a second. I've got to finish talking to them and I'm going to let them go. He goes back inside and he talks to them, dismisses the team. And then we had our conversation and we, that was wow. one of the first, the first question I had was, like, what was this like? Yeah. And so we got into that discussion. I like that as a blog. I know I always catch you. I always catch you early in the week, so you don't have a final line. But but that was that, I mean that was the first idea that popped into my head as we're driving home. It's like he, Joel Ingram is literally telling me everything that's going on about having to be a head. He's like, I've got a wet bulb thermometer thermometer in one hand, and I'm dealing with you know COVID nineteen with the other. So I mean that's that's right now what he's having to deal with. Their game with Baldwin got uh, uh, their got canceled, I believe, mm-hmm. because it was a non-region game. And Jesse Hicks, he said Jesse Hicks, the head coach at Baldwin, could not have been more understanding, and he got into that relationship too. Remember, Jesse Hicks and Baldwin last year, they basically blew off all of their non-region games. They're like, nope, see in region play. We're going we're gonna to handle COVID that way. And so they, they just had a region schedule and went right into the playoffs. Wow. That's a good one. All right, that, that's all I got. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's it on the list. Done. Okay. Bye. All right, so you're done. So for <laughs> Hannah, for King James, for Jahi the Magnificent, For Commander Sandy, as always, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Thanks once again to the Executive Director of the Georgia High School Association, Dr. Robin Hines. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy your games. Be safe. We'll see you next week. Thanks for my shirt, John. Bye. Brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.